This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector and inspector like a girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Spring is the season where a lot of renovations and changes happen around the house. And we are here to help. If you don't know where to start this season, we've got some easy spring maintenance tips to uh, get you started. But today is an open topic show, and we're ready for your home improvement questions, whatever they may be, small to large. Join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing today, Pam and Jeff? Well, I woke up and I was still surprised it was April. Why is that? Well, just how did it happen? Wasn't it just Christmas? Yes. <laughs> Didn't we just have, I mean, I yes, just last Thursday it was Christmas. It was like, yeah, I mean, this is just crazy how fast everything's going right now. And, I, you know, maybe it's because last year we were locked down. Right. Hmm. Well, we got a picture of Pam. Uh, crawling over what looked to be like a giant treehouse. Pam, tell me exactly what you got into. Well, I was painting my fence. Oh. So that's me. I sent you the picture of me. And what, uh, what it was, was was her straddling the fence. And I'm not sure what she was fence, trying to And I hung my paint bucket on a bush. <laughs> this all looked entirely you know, safe, folks. Yeah, it was. It was very safe. And and I always make sure that I have, uh, you know, people around when I do crazy things like that. That's so, true. Um, Someone did have to take the picture. So that's good. Somebody had to take the photo and we were laughing so hard. I was afraid I was either going to fall off or wet my pants. One, right. But uh, I didn't do either. So. Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. And the, we'll and call the it a win for the day. Got, yeah, it was almost painted. I still got a, some things I got to finish on it, but pretty good, pretty good progress over the weekend. It was so pretty. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. Jeff, what kind of business did you get into or leisure? Well, uh, we left here Friday, went to Mississippi Gulf Coast, enjoyed the um, weekend, and uh, it was our uh, oldest son's birthday, so we didn't do anything. Well, good for you, man. I like those weekends, too. I love it. I love it. Hey, Jeff, did you move that boat? Uh, we have no hurricane. I didn't have to move it. No. Good. Okay. <laughs> well, I spent I the week- thought maybe you would have a practice run. You know how you have I these did, drills? Well, I, moved it out to, I moved it out to Horn Island for the day. Right. Nice. Well... <laughs> Over over at Jason's house, uh, we had a leak in our pool. In our pool, so I spent the weekend chasing this leak, trying to figure out how to get oh. my water to stay into the place where I put it. So, anyway, did you figure it out. I did, I did, and uh, you know it's funny because <laughs> I had just seen one of those goofy commercials for Flex Seal. You know what I'm talking about. You know where they Uh-oh. where the guy yeah. takes a piece of that square and he slaps it on to a to a a, a big drum of water pouring out uh, you know a hole and he'll slap it on there and it stops the water. So that was the first thing that came to my mind 
that, but but it's like black, you know. So and well, I don't want yeah, the black he, patches. He's on wrapped the door. in on a screen door too. Remember? Right. That's true. That's true. So <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that's about as smart as straddling your fence. Right. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm still looking for the perfect thing to patch that. But anyway, that's uh, that's the mission for next weekend. And and I do have a temporary in there, so the the water is not pouring out. So these things happen, folks. Anyway, uh, you know what? Yeah. The the phone line already rang. I'm going to go to an email question here real quick, though, because this one is uh, is a lot of f- fun, especially when you're talking about. Uh, Miss Pam here. Okay, Cody asks Uh-oh. a two Uh-oh. two rail or three rail fence. What's the advantage to three rails when building a privacy fence? Now, what they're talking about is when you when you put your posts in the ground. Okay, you've got your posts in the ground, and and you've got to run boards between the posts that will then hold the slats. Right, and 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 this person brings up a good point. You can put. Well, of course, as many as you want on there, uh, each one requires just that much more work. But if you use two boards, one towards the top and one towards the bottom, uh, you can make a privacy fence. Or you can put one in the center with uh, one of the boards further towards the top and one of the boards further towards the bottom. What this does is uh, it it helps with the warping of those uh, slats. What do you guys think? Two or three rails? Well, it depends on the thickness of your boards, of your, you know, your fence boards. If you've got, you know, thin boards, then I would do three to because of that warping deal. But if you've got pretty, you know, pretty thick boards, you know, it's all going to come down. I can hear Jeff right now. He's already figured it out in his head. It's going to come down to, you know, it's so expensive right now. Right. <laughs> the wood is so expensive. I'd look at what's the cheapest, the thick boards, my, my fence boards, or the two-by-four framing. And whichever way is the cheapest is the way I'm going to go. Wow. Okay. Well, Jeff, do you have an opinion uh, there? Yeah, yeah, I've got an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, under any circumstances whatsoever, do not do a two-rail fence. They will not last. Do the three rail. The fence board isn't getting any thicker. It's a half inch. It's a half inch uh, um, uh, board. Uh, it ain't getting any thicker. And uh, if you went built it out of two by material, you're really going to spend a lot of money. So right. build your build your three rail. Do your. Um, I don't like it. I see a few of them pressure treated. I don't. I don't like my fence board pressure treated. I like a. A, um, a, a a cypress um, and uh, build build my fence with a three rail and and move on. Okay, all right. There's your opinion, folks. It can be done either way. But I will say, if you if fence boards are not built to be eternal things, so they will eventually go away. But this will keep them from uh, this will keep them looking better over time because. They, you know, these are not the best quality boards, fence boards, and they'll twist and turn and things like that. So uh, what about um, attachments? Jeff, what do you think about that? Do you want to do you want that those boards screwed in? Are you going to use a nail gun? Oh, definitely screw them. Screws. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I've had the same thing. I've had the same thing. I've I've seen the nailed up ones, Pam. Yeah. When I lived in Florida, people occasionally use nails, and believe it or not, they do it intentionally. Uh, because some of that stuff is made to blow away. So what they'll do is build it with nails instead of screws uh, so that it won't damage everything coming out. Now, you, you, you're you going to be hard-pressed in this area to find a contractor that's going to use screws. Uh, the question was, which one do I prefer? I prefer screws. The reality of the matter, how do we do it? We nail it. Right. Hey, that, um, that is that is reality here. But if you're going to do a DIY project, and I've, I've built my fence, so, you know, that was the, the deal is just I wanted it screwed in because I think it's a better hold. And, um, it is. My board, it will keep those boards from warping and, and turning like, and, and all that other jazz. Yeah. You well, know, they just misbehave. They just do. They do. They do. They're not, they're not great wood. So Java asked about those sections that you can buy at the big home stores that are like prefab fence uh, that go for, I guess they're lengths of eight feet, I would assume. Um, but they're like prefabbed at the, at the home stores and you can buy them and then set them up. What do you guys think of those outside of being expensive? Well, I'm not cause... strong enough to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fence is a lot. I moving. A fence is a lot parts. easier one board at a time. I'll say that. But... Yeah, it's just, yeah, if I'm going to be doing that project by myself. Now, if I can finagle my friends into it with, you know, and I've been known to bribe them to help me with things, then, yeah, I, I might look at that. But okay. I don't, do those come in solid or are they just the lattice fencing or the... You know, the picket fences. It depends on how much money you have, Pam. You can buy anything you want. You know, look, the the hardest part of fencing is sinking your post in the ground mm-hmm. and, and getting the lining it out, getting them straight, getting those in the ground. Once that part's done, building the fence is pretty easy. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's go to our first caller. John's uh, driving this morning, and he was got a question about flooring. What's going on, John? Hey, good morning, y'all. How you doing? Morning. Uh, what I was, I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, put down some, I guess you would call it vinyl plank flooring, and it has an attached underlayment on it. And in my house, I have concrete underneath, you know, where I, I pulled all my carpet up, and it's just a concrete floor. And I'm just wondering, is there anything else that I need to put under that flooring, or is it just okay with the uh, underattached, uh, you know, layment? G- great question, John. Great question. Did you say that this was a slab floor? Yes. Yes, sir. It's concrete throughout the whole house. The house sits on a concrete slab. Yes, sir. Okay. Guys, you want to take a shot at that? Sure. Now, you're doing um, a floating floor, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, it is a floating floor. Okay, uh-huh. make sure that make sure that you keep that um, the recommended distance away from your from your walls, so it has okay. room to move. Uh, the only other thing I would do, I would check my slab for uh, low spots, okay. and if I had to if I had to put some um, self leveler down, I would do that, and then I would I would go to town putting my floor down. It's very easy. Oh, okay. well, so don't you? Yeah, there's a um, – because I've done quite a few of those floors, um, uh-huh. DIY-type stuff, and my dad actually had a floor covering place. I think when you come back in, you want to look for a moisture barrier. It's like a back when I was doing mine, it was a blue roll, 
and you yeah. roll that out and literally set the floor down on top of that. It should okay. have that already on the back, Pam. Yeah, that's. Oh, uh, are they doing that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 flooring I'm buying has an attached underlayment on it. So that's why I was wondering if I, if I did need I, – I know a friend of mine told me about putting a moisture barrier down, but this one, like I said, has that attached underlayment, and I was just wondering if I did need to put that down or not. Again, Pam made a good point. Check check manufacturer and, uh-huh. and make sure that that moisture barrier is already attached to that flooring, okay. and it probably right. is. Okay. Have you done a floor – have you laid a floor before? No, John. this will be a first for me. This will be a first. Do you have okay? A, uh, what, what Do you have? Of... We're thinking the same thing. Do you have a jam saw? Uh, no, I do not. I, I uh, have I mean, a suggestion for you, John. This is okay. this is a thing. If you've done this, if you've not done this, a couple of us uh-huh. have. Uh, go to go to a, a local hardware store, and okay. and talk to one of the gray haired people. And they okay. will tell you the tools that you'll need. And there's a couple of specifics here. Uh, okay. And one thing you do really need is uh, that I really want to stress this. If you can, uh, a saw that is not a hand saw to, okay. to make some of your cuts. In other words, a table saw to make Got some you. of your cuts. Because that gets a little wacky if you're trying to use some sort of uh, uh, jigsaw or something of that nature. So. Okay. Well, All and you right. want to make sure on that sometimes, and they the manufacturer's probably got a video on it. Um, okay. You have to have a specific type of blade to be cutting that type of material. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, just make sure you've got the right thing. And then when I what I mean by a jam saw is that a lot of folks, DIY people, don't realize that whenever you start laying your floor, when you get to your doors, there's a transition there. And uh-huh. there's a saw that you can use, and it's a great, I mean, I love this thing. I use it all the time. I wish I could tell you the exact name of it, but okay. it literally cuts the bottom of the, the jam frame. off yeah. on your door frame so your flooring fits underneath it. If you don't have okay. that, yeah, it's going to okay. look I, I, bad oh. going through your door. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, I've know. i seen those saws before. I, I can't remember the name of them either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, and the, awesome. and the thing I would also look at, John, is is uh, when you put it down, there's going to have to be some sort of baseboard that goes over that and or a quarter round uh-huh. of some sort. Yep. So include that into your uh, cost idea when you go to do this. Yes, I'm replacing all the baseboards in, in, in the uh, – well, I'm, I'm doing it in the living room and the hallway, and I'm going to be replacing all the baseboards there, so – well, look, I got a I got an email regarding just that, John, that I want you to listen to this real quick. A little advice oh. needed. Uh, someone says they pulled off the baseboard trim to do the new floors, and some of the paint peeled off with the baseboard. This happens quite a lot. Uh, what's the best way to fix this before we pull the new trim and paint? What they've done is they pulled the baseboard off so that they could put the floor down. But when they did that, there were so many layers of paint on the baseboard um, and the wall that they were connected together. So when they pulled the baseboard, it pulled some of the paint and the wallpaper off with it, the paper that backs the sheetrock. Uh, so they were wanting to know, and this is something, uh, John, that I wanted you to hear because this problem, this person made a big problem for themselves because now they've got to go back and fix all that stuff. One of the things to remember when when doing something like this, if you're pulling off baseboards, grab yourself like a, a box cutter or a, a razor blade of some sort and cut that paint before you pull the baseboards. Otherwise, you're going to pull the paint up with it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that that's the thing I really won't have to worry about because the wife said if I'm going to put down new floors, I'm going to paint the walls. So, oh, well, I've got a little bit. Of, I've got a little bit of everything to do. So, go crazy, John. Problem solved. Oh, right. You're a busy man, John. You got a lot going on. Yeah. Well, happy wife, happy wife, happy life. That's right. Know? There you go. Hey, thanks a lot, John. Mama needs to be happy. All right. all right. Well, thank you very much for all the information, everybody. I do appreciate it. Thanks, John. We appreciate it. Thanks, John. All right. We're going to go to a break real quick. Folks, if you want to get your call on, that's real easy to do. Today is an open topic show, but we'll be sharing some tips to jumpstart your spring maintenance around the house also. And still got some emails. If you have a question and want to join the show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, she's Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And uh, on the line with us right now is Robert in Mobile. What's going on, Robert? Hey, how you doing? Very good. What do you got going on this morning? I have a patio, and it's got a um, stone in the back. It's like little grits of stone, mm-hmm. and it's and it's kind of cracked in it. And I was wondering, I would like to try to redo it, but I don't know how to go about doing something like that. I I put in the cracks like some cement that, in the tube that I got from Home Depot, but then right. after it dried, and it looks terrible. Right. Yeah. That's going to happen. And did you did you say that this particular um, uh, uh, concrete is the kind that has the the kind of rocks showing on top? That's a like a washed concrete look. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's even trickier, actually. Jeff, any thoughts there? Yes, I do. I do have some thoughts. Let me let me, let me ask a few questions. Okay. Uh, the patio covered or uncovered? It's uncovered. Uncovered. Okay. So you step down out of your back door, uh, maybe a brick high under your threshold? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we can't really cap it, and that's what we really need to do. But if we cap it, we're going to drive water inside your house. Um, and the, the concrete is just deteriorated pretty bad, right? Um, some parts of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're not going to want to hear what I'm going to tell you, but it, it, I think it's I think it's the fact. I think we're probably going to bust that patio up, and we're going to pour a new patio. The reason I say that that patio is about three inches below your finished floor, and the reason is it is like that. So when it rains, water does not come in your house. So oh, we yeah, can't. It runs down. Yeah. Right, so we can't pour over it. Um, it sounds like a big taunting job, but it is probably not that thick. 
Um, and it's probably not going to be as hard as you're imagining. Bust mm-hmm. the concrete, form it up, pour a new one. You'll have a brand new patio forever. Busting the concrete's the fun part. Mm. It is the fun part. Yeah. Uh, but, Robert, I know you were looking for a more simple solution to deal with there, but uh, the, the, the issue is the water runoff. And yeah, and, and, and you know, guys and fam, he, he, here's the thing. We can come up with a coating. We could paint it. We could do this. We could do that. At the end of the day, we're putting lipstick on a pig. True. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have a real pretty pig, I got to tell you. I mean, I, that's, yeah, because I'm putting lipstick on it all the time. Right. <laughs> but, but now, and Pam is being, Pam's not being truthful with you. Pam has a type house that you could do that. Right. Um, I've got a patio and setting in my backyard that is deteriorating. Whatever money I spend on it, whatever I put on top of it, I'm putting it on a on an inferior subsurface. Right. Uh, let me let me ask you as another option. I'm just talking aesthetics here, Robert. What about staining it? I was thinking about doing that, but I was wondering to know, like, my wife likes how the pebbles look. Right. Well, the pebbles like won't change color. Pebble the pebbles won't it, change color. It'll be the, the, the concrete portion in between that'll change color. That's right. Yeah, the, 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 the aggregate that's called exposed aggregate. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's going to stay, you know, there's, there's aggregate in, in all of the concrete. We just don't expose it anymore. Uh, in oh. most cases. So there you go. There's an option. All right. Uh, yeah. And Robert. there's some, I mean, you can reduce some resurfacing if you want to, there's all kinds of videos on how to resurface concrete. Right. Um, but you want to follow what I see people do is that they just they want a fast solution and they'll go in and they'll use the product, not how the product's supposed to be used. <laughs> right. So I'm a nerd. I read the labels. So if you decide to do something like that, you really want to look at the label on the product itself and look at the videos to make sure that you're doing what the product, what the product is designed it's to true. do. true. I always read the label the second time I buy the bottle after I messed up mm-hmm. the first one. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Robert, thank you very much. I hope that helped out. Uh, before we keep going here, I've got to read this email because it just cracked me up. This has got to be from someone who is just brand new in Mississippi. You ready? We have an abundance of ladybugs in our home. Uh, we kill multiples a day, but never seem to get ahead. I noticed there were a cluster gathering on the windowsill and sprayed them with raid. How do we get a handle on them? How do we get a handle on them? Well, (laughs) poor ladybugs. Well, well, the one thing my first thought was, is that there's no way you've lived in Mississippi long. If you're just seeing ladybugs, because we've all been inundated with those for most of our lifetimes. Uh, and ladybugs do come in massive swarms at certain times of the years. I, I don't know if there is anything to do about them. I mean, they're they're in the cajillions, so I don't know. You if there's could a find fix. where they're coming in. I mean, that if you could locate like where they're coming in, and let me tell you the suspected points. I pulled down an attic access one time and had a ladybug shower. I mean, oh, they just no went way. all over me. You know, uh, there's a lot of other bugs that could have come down that would have freaked you out. You need to be thankful that it was ladybugs. It was ladybugs, yes, and not red wasps, because they're all in abundance (laughs) right now. (laughs) 
All right. But so uh, you find you find where they're coming in. I mean, and that and, and that's really the only thing you can do. I'm with you, Jason. I mean, welcome to Mississippi. <laughs> right. We have ladybugs. Uh, all right. Terry's on the line on the road. What's going on, Terry? Yes, sir. Are you still there? Uh, we are. Yeah. Let me make a comment on those ladybugs. Then I have a question. Yes, sir. Man, I used to love ladybugs, but I guarantee you one was crawling on me one day and I felt something biting me, man, and it turned out to be the ladybug. Oh, you must have had one of those. That must have been one of those fake Asian beetle things that are kind of orange. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, it looked like a ladybug to me, so right. I fell out with a ladybug. <laughs> little cute ladybug biting, man. Right. Biting is one in every crowd. All right, Terry, what's going on? I, uh, I, the guy with the flooring that's about to get it installed, we are about to install some flooring also. Mm-hmm. Uh, same type of backing. It's a ceramic look, but it's, you know, all that new stuff, whatever right. it is that they make it out of. But uh, I have linoleum down, and it's been down for 20 years. Uh, can I just put it on top of that, or should I fill it up? Oh, Terry. Oh, Terry. Um, <laughs> I, I told us, I told a story here one time online. I had a friend say, Hey, come help me redo my floor. So I went over and we took the transition off of the floor. It was seven linoleums high that I had oh, to, that I had to get out of this kitchen before I could actually put a floor down. Um, wow. uh, uh, Pam, do you have a thought here? I'm putting it down on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> just make it thicker. I'm just going to make well, it thicker. Okay. Because <laughs> pulling thing, that stuff up is it. hard. Yeah, I figured it would be. And this is, it, it, it's only one, you know, one rug thick. But some of the edges are kind of peeling up. So you think I should cut those and make sure it's, you know. I would. Yeah. Get you a good exacto knife and just trim your edges. And I can tell you, if some of that linoleum is really older, if you take out linoleum from the seventies, eighties, something like that, the the glue that they used on that was nuclear. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know? Jason, I was just fixing to bring that up, and and uh, um, it's it's Jason's being very serious that. Um, that could be asbestos, depending on the age. Wow. So, how, how how old of home are we talking? Uh, ninety eight. Nah. We, no, you're we good. You're, you're fine. Ninety eight. Yeah, you're good. Okay. All right. Thanks, Terry. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank Have you. a good day. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and take a quick break, folks. We've got more callers coming and emails. It's time for another break. And if you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion after the break. We'll be back. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. 
I'm Jason Klein here with uh, Pam Pybas. Why did I mess that up? Pam Pybas, ASHE certified inspector and inspector like a girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. All right, folks, uh, Warren is on the road. He's been waiting for a few minutes, so we're going to go straight to him. Warren, are you with us this morning? Hey, Warren, can you turn your radio down a little bit? Uh, we'll have to come back to Warren real quick. All right. Uh, let's go to Angela in Mobile. Yeah. Angela, are you with us? Yes. Um, thank you guys for having me. I really enjoy your show. Sure. Um, I just recently bought a house and moved here to Mobile, which I thought was a brick house. Uh-huh. And I recently found out that it's brick veneer. Uh-huh. And I've noticed, and I'm from Florida, but I've noticed that I get like a lot of mold in in the house, like on artwork and pictures. So now literally every month, I'm doing like mole patrol, whoa, just kind of inside your home. In inside my home, and I I use air conditioning. Oh and, no, sister! You need to you need to call an HVAC person today. That's wrong. <laughs> What's going on? Let's I guess let's get some more information. So, how old is this home, Angela? Well, okay, don't laugh at me. But when I bought it, they told me that it was built in the fifties but remodeled um, in the late 80s, and I thought it was brick all the way, but someone told me that it's veneer, and it's like wood panels in the house. So I was wondering if I have installation, and if there is no installation, could that be why this um, mold pops up on my pictures? It's not really like on the walls and stuff, but it ends up on, I have a lot of wood art, mm-hmm. and it, like, ends up on that. That's so unacceptable. So I don't know if I need installation or, I don't know. All right. Um, Angela, let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you know how old your air conditioning system is for the house? No. Okay. I, I think Jason's on to something, and, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear what Jeff has to say as well. But most of the time. When you have issues like what I'm hearing you talk about, it's because your air conditioning is not drying out the interior of the home. And that would be a malfunction of the air conditioning system. It wouldn't have anything to do with the type of veneer or, you know, the exterior of the home. This is an interior air conditioning issue is what it sounds like. Uh, Pam, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Now, I want to clear up one thing for the caller because I think she's might be a little misled on a brick home versus brick veneer. They're all brick veneer. Oh, okay. It, it is brick. It is called, you are exactly right. The technical term. When you tell someone I have a brick home, you have brick veneer on the outside of your home. Right, it's not holding anything up. Right, it's just it's just pretty. Um, so nothing wrong wrong with your brick. I'm I'm with Pam and Jason on this one. I think we've got a um, an interior uh, air issue. Now where where is it? We don't know yet. 
but I think we don't know. Still, yeah. Something you can do too, Angela, you could go to Walmart or um, one of the big box stores and purchase a humidity monitor. And if you bring that into your home and set it anywhere, maybe near your artwork, if that humidity is above 65%, then you're not it drawing the air okay. out. I yeah. bought a dehumidifier because someone uh-huh. told me to do that. Yeah, and there's been times I plugged it up and it actually said stuff like 70. Now, the the, uh, the crazy okay. thing is, yeah. Angela, you should not, if your HVAC is working properly, you shouldn't need a dehumidifier at all. Uh, An air conditioner oh. is a dehumidifier. Right. That's what it's doing. You're exactly right. Oh. That, that, that is a dehumidifier. Right. So, All right. Okay. So call, well, you, you. call a licensed uh, contractor HVAC person to come and help you out. Thank you guys so much. And you have a good rest of your day. Stay safe. Thank you, Angela. We appreciate it. Let's go back to uh, Warren on the road. Warren, are you with us? Hey, Warren. Almost. Well, we're going to let's do the second part of this real quick. Let's go back to Warren. Hello? This is, uh, yeah. Warren, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Can you turn your radio down a little bit? It's down. There you go. So what's going on today? Uh, I wanted to ask uh, Jeff if he would uh, give an opinion I built a wooden fence, oh, 25 years ago, and instead of using the stringers, laying them flat against the 4 by 4 I have the three-and-a-half part of the uh, stringer parallel to the ground. I put it in that way, and those uh, stringers have never bent. Huh. Jeff? Mm, I'm... <clears throat> trying to get the advantage to this because my two by four laying up edgewise is stronger than laying flat. So I'm trying to Correct. figure out why I would lay it, why I would lay it flat. I don't see an advantage of laying that, of laying that board flat. Huh. Well, uh, the three and a half is, like I said, parallel to the ground, and I use right. uh, long you. screws to put him in there. Right. And the two but, by four did not bend at all, any of them. It, it stayed straight. It, here's my argument on that. If you laid that two by four across set of stall horses and you were going to physically walk on that two by four, <clears throat> what's going to be the strongest way for you to walk on it, up edgewise or flat? Oh, yeah, without a doubt, where the one and a half is uh, parallel right. to the ground. So I'm trying to get in my mind why I would lay it flat. It doesn't give me doesn't give me any more strength to my fence at all. Well, in I fact, understand I, that, but I, I was asking we, you why you think those two-by-fours did not bend because oh, you, you have more integrity oh, there. Oh, well, yeah, obviously you, you did a very good job screwing the fence boards into the two-by because, you know, you, 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 that, those fence boards kept that two-by from warping. Wow. Right, right. Sure, sure. Okay, that's all I needed to say. Great, Warren. Appreciate it. Thank you very okay. much, sir. All right, uh, got an email here that I got to get out to you guys because I love it. All right, here, how easy would it be to replace an entry door to my garage? I found a steel 
pre-hung door replacement. Just want to know the best tools to use to make sure the door is plumb. I have a square and a level. Thank you. Enjoy your show, Steve. Okay, Steve, uh, here's my advice, having replaced a couple of doors myself. You're, you've got a plumb and a level. Now what you're going to need is um, a whole bunch of shims, a mallet, another person, and a six-pack, because this is going to take a minute. Um, putting in a door, it looks like like when you take a door out, you look and you say, oh, look, there's a square hole. Something square in the same size should fit in there, fit in there just right, right? doors uh you'll find there's very few things in your home that are actually square and putting uh square things into other square things is a little more difficult than you might think but it the sound of it yes you can do this uh but one person doing it is darn near impossible well, Jason, is is they asking about a door or an overhead garage door? No, it said an entry door into my garage. Um, and it's, he said a, he found a steel pre-hung door replacement. So so I'm assuming that's just a standard door in a frame and not the garage door. And not the garage because door. Because I'll okay. say this. We've had a garage door uh, repair person on the show. And the, the basic word was, and this is a DIY show. We, we, we encourage people to try things. Don't mess with your garage door. I was going to say, don't, don't, don't mess with that. Yeah, don't no, never you, mess. No. Yeah. Garage There's so door many is things dangerous. you can mess up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's dangerous. But, yeah, for an entry door, there's uh, you can do this. Uh, to, you know, my father and I did this the first time. He taught me how to do this. And, you know, it takes some figuring. And like I said, there's these little things called shims that you'll use to move it around and get it in place and get it just right and close the right way. It, it takes, this is a, an art, not a science. I can, I can assure you, Jeff, any, any thoughts on that? Okay. Just fine. Be that way. Pam, are you still with us? <laughs> hey, but I, I'm, I'm, I think your methodology is perfect. I'm going to get some friends over here and we're going to, sit and stare at it and try to figure it out. And then we'll just go to town. See what, see what happens. Yeah. And you have, you've got to remember before you put those nails or screw ends, screws in on that door, every time you close the door after this, it's either going to squeak or not because of what you did. So remember. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm question. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. No, we were talking about putting a door on. So, um, yeah. But we're going to keep going. Mikey is on the line in Mobile. What's going on, Mikey? Hey, I got uh, going back to the concrete kind of questions, but yeah. I'm so glad that you guys, you guys are the greatest. And I say that to you respectfully, Miss Pam, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, to the questions. Um, concrete. Concrete, particularly in Mobile. Uh, hey, is there a more humid climate? Okay, right. I don't think so. And and you know, not in yeah, not unless it's closer to the equator. Um, do they encourage termites? And specifically, if I'm trying to decide whether you know the, there's a concrete driveway that's near to the the house, it's near to the cistern because it's near to the, the cistern is near to the house. If I'm deciding to relocate monkey grass and replace, uh, make the dog path where the, the, the um, that's why I'm relocating the monkey grass. 
the dogs have they stomped and wallowed, you know, wallowed, <laughs> wallowed it down. Wow. You know, it's like um, uh, and replace it with rock crumbles. Is that a good idea? Well, rock crumbles are not going to be uh, wallowed in. No. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be falling of that. I tell you what I did on my house is, and you, you talk about termites. Termites love concealed areas that hold water. So it, it just whatever fits that definition is where they're going to go, oh, party. And they invite all their friends, and then before you know it, you're replacing a whole wall. Right. So you just got to really watch your water. So what I did at my house is I went out around the entire house at, at an eight anywhere from 18 to 24 inches, and I made a slope using Jeff's formula, and then I added slag. And slag is a byproduct of steel manufacturing, and it's cheap. It's cheaper than rocks. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you can, I laid that down, so I have a complete path around my house, and the termites don't like it. My dogs stay away from it. The cats don't particularly care for it. And so, and I've not had problems with termites. Oh, my gosh. You made a termite moat with I the did. rocks, with the slag rocks. That's so awesome. They, yeah. won't, they won't cross yeah. the slag. They okay. won't. Well, they're going to go. Our subterranean termites and the ones that you've got in Mobile and New Orleans were those Formosan things. And you want to talk about a wicked little bug. That thing will do, it will chew your house down in a year. I mean, they're wow. horrible. So you really have to watch out for any concealed areas that you've got water up against your house. And so years ago, I started telling my clients, why not just come out? Because everybody's worried about pretty and they want to put a shrub right next to their house, which is a horrible idea. <laughs> come out 18 inches Put you in some type of hardscaping. It'll be pretty and it'll keep you from having to. You know, deal. I was inspecting a house the other day, and the guy was there putting the pre the treat treatment in twenty year old house, and they've got termites, and they've got to go around the perimeter, dig a trench, and then insert this liquid in it all the way around. And then you know what he did? He covered it back up and put the mulch right back on top of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like ah. Well, he's got to have a reason to come ah. back. You know. So. Y'all are the greatest. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mikey. We appreciate it. <laughs> Move it along. Kathleen's on the line in Osaka. What's going on, Kathleen? Okay. Two quick comments. The red little things that a lot of people think they're uh, ladybugs, they are not. It's a Japanese kind of beetle that we've been invaded with here, I don't know, say at least six, eight years. And it has a couple dots but they're smaller than what's on a ladybug, and that little bug will bite. See, that's what I was thinking when the guy called at the first of the hour and said that he was getting, uh, that he got bit by a ladybug. I'm like, that's not a ladybug, man. That's the more, like the oranger. They have, like, if you look at the ladybug, you'll see like a deep red. That's a ladybug. But there's one that's kind of like a red-orange, and that's yeah. the one that's just like the imposter ladybug, and it will bite. Oh, he's big for his size. They get a big bite. Right. But to try to keep those and other critters away from your windows and areas, you can spray it with a insect spray or off or deep because you're not going to be near this as a person on the outside of your window frames and the screen before winter. Huh. If on a sunny day during winter, if you can get at it, do that. And then, again, as we go into this season, 
they will not, those type don't seem to go in, I mean, mosquitoes will, but these right. types don't seem to travel. And if you have vents around your uh, ceiling, what they call that, sofa? Yeah. Okay. You can put a vent there, but make sure you cover that with a really small uh, screening, uh, mesh wire, something like that. Well, it'd have uh, to be tiny to keep the bugs out. Well, you know, they have this stuff. It's like an air conditioner filter. Right. And it's, it, you can use that, just something small enough to keep them out and let air flow through. True. But that will hold some of the chemicals that you need to keep them out, or it can physically hold them out. And good luck after that. We okay. do live in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, Bye, Kathleen. Guys. Thanks. Bye. Let's Bye. keep going. Betty's on the line in Houston, Mississippi. And what's going on, Betty? I I have a question about the grout in my kitchen floor. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I had porcelain tile put in several years ago, and they used a light-colored grout. Mm, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I am too. <laughs> but they sprayed it with uh, something that was supposed to resist uh, staining. Right. But it hasn't worked. No. And so I've got several spots. Some of it's still white. But most of it is, is kind of gray and, and different colors because of stuff that's been spilled and, and mm-hmm. like that. What can I do about that? Take the grout out, have it regrouted. Uh, is there something that can bleach it? I, I just am at a loss. I've mopped, I've done everything I can think of. Wow. Well, you can bleach it, but it'll just go back. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny if you walk into a McDonald's, look down. Uh, And I've always noticed this. If you walk into a McDonald's, look down at the floor. They're all tile floors, but they all have black grout. I I, I noticed that, and it's like, that's genius if you don't want to, you know, clean up constantly. But but this, the white grout, and is this in a kitchen or bathroom? Kitchen, yeah. Oh. And I'm getting ready to have my bathroom done, so I had already decided I was going to have dark grout put in there. You could pour red wine all over it and get pink grout. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, you can stain that grout. I mean, and you could get, you could do it yourself, but they have products at these big box stores. So you can, you can come in and stain that grout a darker color. But the thing you have to remember about tile and grout is that there's a maintenance side of that. You have to continue to put the sealer on. Like that'll happen in bathrooms in these tile showers where people just don't think, but really about every, Jeff, you jump in every, what, three to four years, you're supposed to reseal the grout in your floors and and, and tile. I didn't know that, but I know it now, don't I? Isn't that crazy? Because when you buy tile, you think, man, I'm not going to have to do anything but mop this for 30 years. No. It didn't work. No, there's a sealer, and I had the very same issue, and and I went in. So I try to keep it on my calendar about every three to four years. I seal my shower and my the only other tile I've got is down in my office, and I try to seal that because I've got pets running all over the place. So, yeah, I do. Um, Betty, I agree with her, but I also love the idea of 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 staining the grout a different color because yeah. you know you seem to be if you've got white grout in the kitchen i can't see that you won't be fighting this uphill for the rest of the time it's down oh i so, will sure right. until it turns completely black right but, you know over time but yeah i can but but i can find that at like one of the big box stores the, the grout sealer and i can get the shade of, of 
that yeah, I want. Yeah, you can get different dollar. shades. And that's not just yeah. at big boxers. You can go to your local hardware store, and they might have something also, or be able to mix something up for you. Okay. To, to and, then you get some, and then you can buy the sealer thing, too, and that just sprays on. Uh, yeah. You can spray it on. You can. I like to sponge mine on yeah. because I want it to get a real good coat in there. But just you know, go back to read the label. Mine came in a little green bottle at, the last time I did it, and I just I literally I had to wait not use my shower for a couple of days and get it all dried out, and then I just took a sponge and put it on there, and then I gave it a couple of days to dry, probably longer than I needed to, to let it dry out. And then the one in my office, now that's a challenge because I got cats. So they're like, <laughs> I can put up a fence, and they're still going to go, I'm walking there. I don't care what you think. Right. But you just you have to keep low traffic whenever it's doing it so it can actually kind of seep in and sink in and then seal it up really good. Oh. All right. Listen, this is the best news I've had in a long time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Betty. We appreciate that. Um, okay, so, you know, yeah. Hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it. Melissa's on the line in Jackson. We got one minute, Melissa. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I want to know how I can get rid of tree stumps in the yard. Uh, for a, you know, they, they have a service that will come and do that for you, but you yourself, uh, guys, do you have any ideas? Pam, Jeff? I'm going to call a stump grinder. (laughs) There's not enough enough time for that stump to ride out. Um, call it, you, you can get that stump ground for a hundred bucks. Really? Okay. A hundred dollars for a stump grinder. Okay. 200. Okay. 200. Uh, yeah. I'll do it for three. It's not, it's not <laughs> worth it. Okay. Call, call the company and grind it out. There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's it. That about covers us. Man, that was a fast hour. That was quick, wasn't it? Yep. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting <laughs> Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our uh, phone screener today was Kevin Farrell. For Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.